0: Dr. Richard Brake is headmaster of St. Francis Classical Catholic Academy in Valley, Pennsylvania. Before that, he was headmaster of St. Michael's High School in Michigan, as well as president of the Institute. Before that, Institute for Family Studies and Vice President for Education at Intercollegiate Studies Institute. Welcome, Richard.
1: Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh about Classical Ed from the position of an administrator. Uh now the Michigan school you led was part of the Chesterton uh network. How how That's was right. or is a- actually Chesterton an inspiration for the classical education movement in America?
1: Yeah, great question Mark. Uh you know, when I got up there to uh the northern part of Michigan, this was a school that kind of wanted to be classical, wanted to be liberal arts, uh all of that and kind of didn't know how. So I always believe that uh why reinvent the wheel if you've got a better model out there. So the folks at the Chesterton Network, you know, Dale Alquist and, and the like, they were very helpful in us kind of getting started. And, you know, Chesterton, boy, he, uh, didn't he see things uh, well in in advance? <laughs> the situation that we're in, you know, he he knew, he knew, I think he said that most curric- most children are older than the curriculum that, that teach them. So, uh, yeah. you know, uh, so, I think Chesterton was somebody who saw the problems with public education uh, heading down the path, and uh, and so you know I think that, that you know just the curriculum, the the the, the anthropology, he Chesterton kind of knew it all.
0: You served earlier in your career as a legislative assistant in Pennsylvania, and I believe yep. in D.C. And your doctorate is not in education; it's in American politics. What brought you into the classical education world
1: yeah, uh you know I think you know uh at some point I think you you think that you're in charge of your life and then you realize that god is and so i I was hammering knocking at the door, trying to make a difference in the world quote unquote through politics and uh and so uh tried to try to do that i think, and uh had a a pretty good go at it, but you know the uh, I think that Uh, and you know this more than I do, Mark, you know, what's going on in higher education, (laughs) uh, the problems there. Uh, If we don't fit, it's almost too late to help kids uh, if you just leave them at at the college level. So I really feel like the action is in K-12. And if we do our job well at at, at the school I'm at and and others like it, maybe they don't have to go to college. (laughs) Maybe we can get them a college degree beforehand and then they can they can go off and do whatever the heck they want to do, and and skip the the, the expense and the cost, the indoctrination, and all the rest.
0: Well, well, when when exactly did you come into classical education?
1: Yeah, well, it was it was it was totally by the side door. Um, I was uh, you mentioned I was working with Brad Wilcox, great sociologist, on family uh, research and trying to run a think tank, raising money for Brad. And uh, but a friend of mine who had uh, helped start up one of these classical schools in the Philly suburbs, uh, he had left uh, the, the the state to run another organization in California. They needed some help on the board, and so one thing led to another. I got a call. I was dropping off my kid in college, and they said, "Well, you said that you might want to help." I said, "Yeah, I can teach a class here and there." I says, "No, we need." We need a history teacher and a coach. And I said, well, I need to check with my boss first to see if I could do both. And, you know, they said as long as you could, you know, raise the money. And um, so I I ended up really doing two jobs for four years. I worked for an outfit called Regina Luminous Academy, which is a network of classical Catholic schools in the Philly suburbs. And, you know, I think at at some point it's like, you know, maybe I'll just do one job. (laughs) And um, and in my heart, what year was that? That was in 2014, 2015. So, so I've been at this for about 10 years, and uh, definitely a chapter two career move. But I, I think that if, if if I was in charge, I would have been, you know, I would have been a, a, you know, full professor, written a couple of books, and maybe run for office or something like that. But uh, I think I, I'm going to have a lot more impact on people's lives in this realm. And uh, so it's been a circuitous route. Um, but, um, but I, I think one that I, you know, I just, I'm very happy where I am. And I think this is where, what I want to be doing the rest of my life.
0: In 2014, did you anticipate the kind of growth popularity that we've been seeing?
1: No. And, you know, I, I think that we all who are in, involved with cultural renewal and trying to fix the problems that the culture is, you know, uh, laying in front of us, uh, you know, you always feel like you're in the wilderness, right? Is anyone listening to you and all of that? And, you know, I think especially for, for Catholics, you know, we were a little bit late to the ball game in terms of this curriculum because, you know, the Catholic Church had its own schools, diocesan schools. And I think we talked about this too, Mark. I mean, those schools really have lost their way in a lot of ways, not all, but some. And, um, And so it was really the Protestants that really got involved with classical ed in the 90s and early 2000s. So, you know, I I think that I've been amazed at how much uh, opposition I've faced, (laughs) uh, not just from the people that think be opposed, you know, people on the left and all that, but some people in the church, uh, it's almost like we're a threat to them or something like that. So but God, God bless the parents and God bless the homeschool movement. Because a lot of these classical Catholic schools come out of homeschool parents who they want a better education, but maybe they can't teach the physics, they can't teach the higher higher philosophy, and so they need some help. And so that's kind of where this is at. And, you know, think about how fast it's growing in terms of just numbers. I think I think in, in 1999, there were like two or three classical Catholic schools. Now there's you know, almost over a thousand uh, I think the Chesterton network of high schools they're adding like 30 40 every year now so you know' it's, it doesn't sound Amazing. like a lot in terms of public schools and how
0: oh it is it is a lot
1: in terms of growth and you know how hard it is to build institutions I mean it's yeah it's hard yeah. So, uh, so yeah I'm and 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 I think that there's a, been a real like the last years you know with covid and people kind of (laughs) recognizing a little bit clearer what the problems are um, i think the growth is even faster now
0: yeah yeah um well let me ask the question that you raised a moment ago with with the other catholic schools do when you start a classic catholic school uh, do the other catholic schools in the diocese see that as competition
1: yeah, I, I think I think some of them do. I think probably a lot of them ignore you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh which that that could be good or bad depending on the on, on the circumstance. But um you know, I think folks who are savvy um I mean, we are we exist because in some respects we believe that the um uh, that we can do it better. <laughs> Right. And so if people kind of understand that some people might le- uh, jump to that conclusion. So I've seen a, I've seen some of that. Um, but I, I, I will tell you that in the circumstance that I find myself in now in our school, the uh, it's almost the best of both worlds, because the the Diocese of Allentown, uh, Bishop Schlurt has been outstanding and he wants us to succeed. And so he's allowed his pa- the pastor at our parish, Most Blessed Sacrament, which is actually the oldest continually running Catholic church in the original thirteen colony, seventeen forty one. And there was a school here in hmm. seventeen forty. So, um Bishop Schl- I, I think um I think a lot of folks consider us kind of a test case. And if this thing works um uh, here, maybe you trot it out in other school uh schools uh in the diocese. So I think that that's really, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. So we're, you know, we're part of the parish, the the pastor's on our board, uh, but we get to kind of set the curriculum uh, and and set it in a way that really is just back to the future, right? I mean, the Catholic Church's curriculum is so solid. Why would you go away from it? But there's a lot of reasons why they did go away from it, primarily because a lot of schools, they didn't have uh, the right people teaching. I think they, they lost track of, you know, Catholic identity, you know, if you don't have really on fire Catholics teaching in these schools, it's it's no wonder that you're going to lose some of that. So I think if yeah. there are some schools that have lost their Catholic identity, then they're going to look at our school as kind of funny. Um, not funny, haha, but funny odd. Um, but um, I, I, I increasingly see uh, a respect, maybe grudging now, but a respect for doing it the right way, because it's harder to it's harder to find good teachers that are, you know, like math teachers, science teachers. It's it's harder to have that because we we hire only Catholics at our school. All right. So so sometimes I can see why the I can see why some some schools like ah I can't find a good Catholic, but I, oh, this person can teach physics is great. I'll take that person. Uh, but you do that over and over again and you blink, and it's 30 years and you have lost your Catholic. Vision.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think the term Catholic classical, properly understood or, or or rightly understood, is a redundancy? It is.
1: It is. And that's a that that's a point that I think uh Dale Alquist makes, who's the head of the Chesterton Network, that you know, why say that? So there's actually some folks that are talking about just remove that term classical, right? <laughs> and um and just call it Catholic liberal arts. Uh, which is really what it is. Now, I, I do think like in our circumstance, we used to be St. Francis Academy. So uh, we were a diocesan school and then uh, then the school was closed down and then parishioners and the pastor decided to, to, re, to, to resurrect it. So we wanted to make a distinction between what it was and what it is. Right. But uh, but I could see why, you know, some people could look at that as kind of either confusing because, you know, it begs the question, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's like, is it classic rock or classic this? Nah. Or? So you have to kind of you have to kind of go into what that word means, which might make muddy the waters a little bit. But really, it's just Catholic education, right? This the trivium, quadrivium, grammar, logic, rhetoric uh, and, and just great books. You know, the best that's been written and thought and said in human history.
0: Right. Did, did you see a lot of enrollment growth up in Michigan?
1: You know, uh, I think we would have, but there was this thing called COVID. <laughs> oh, okay. So that happened okay. about halfway through. So we treaded water, which I thought was actually a success. Uh, we, we started with 20 kids, uh, got it up to 40 uh, the next year. And then now they're at about 50. Uh, so they, they're growing a bit more. I think there's also a challenge that was just a high school, and so one of the and this is this is something maybe to talk about. You know, why do parents continue to send their kids, even faithful Catholics, send their kids to the public school, um, especially at the high school level? The sad thing is that the parents not really making the choice; it's the kid, right? Because they they yeah. want to be with their friends, or they want to play sports, and I and I I I love sports, and I think all schools like this should have an athletic program. But uh, this school, we're starting at the lower grades. And I think that's kind of the, ideally, that's the way to do it, right? Because you build up. Oh, and
0: when did it open? When did it open?
1: uh, This school or the one I was previously at?
0: This school, this school.
1: This school, yes. This is the first year. So (laughs) I was hired in January and I've been running around like a madman trying to you know, uh, build a faculty, and uh, when I saw you in Pittsburgh, you know, we were just putting the finishing touches. I actually hired a guy at at, at Pittsburgh for our math and science program, but you know, we yeah. had like, I think we had ten students uh, signed up, you know, in March, and I hired like ten faculty members. So the board was like looking at me like I had three heads, you know. Um, but I said, look, if you build it, they will come, and I'm I'm glad to say, I mean, I. Yeah, we've got, I've got, we've now got 55 kids signed up. Uh, we just got.
0: Another I, 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 well, Richard, Richard, hold on, hold on. You, you had yeah. 10, four months ago, five months ago, and now you yeah. got 55. Uh, good, good work, man.
1: Most of them within the last two weeks. <laughs> so, so, you know, this is a leap of faith, right? This is a leap of faith. It's a leap well,
0: of faith for donors.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you know, you know, people should, should understand. I mean, I, I, I spoke to some classical people starting a school this year and they've only got a dozen yeah. or so students but what we've yeah. seen in the past is uh, a dozen students one year can become 60 in in yeah. 2 years and then yeah. might end up with waiting lists in in, in 3 or 4 years uh that if right. you build it they they are coming and that's yeah and we've seen that happen we've seen that happen this isn't this isn't wish fulfillment uh this is no. wishful thinking it has happened. Uh so It has. Uh, I think I think that, that that jump, I mean to start with 55 students, that's fantastic. And you know, one thinks, yeah. okay, they're going to tell their friends and you're going to have you you're, you're going to have some of the younger classical kids coming in and they want a classical high school. So mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: There's reason for optimism, isn't there?
1: There is. There is. And and that's where I think I, you know, was mentioning that there seems to be something a little different going on these last two years because I again I I think that there's just more understanding about what's not happening and what is happening at other schools. And I think some parents have just had enough, you know. And and you know, and we, we're open for everybody, right? So non-Catholics are coming to our school uh because, you know, maybe their kids is not being educated well enough. Maybe they're getting bullied at school. So it's also it's, It's a really interesting dynamic. And and um, and so we want to be there uh, to have a a safe, nurturing environment for for especially for younger parents who are very nervous about some of these trends. And of course, you know, and we may know both about our Catholicity. We're going to try to, you know, evangelize as a process of this. And that that really is the mission. Right. I mean. Obviously, it's very important what we what we teach kids, but this is all for the greater glory of God and to spread the gospel.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. What do you attribute the popularity of the classical schools? Well, let me put it this way: Is it something that you are parents coming at least at first because of something positive that you are offering, or something negative that they are fleeing? from the, the existing schools?
1: That's a great question. Half and half, I would say, because you're going to get, and I, th- I think this, bears, this is borne out by just my experience at these three schools I've been at. You know, you're going to get kind of the, the uber, Catholic, Orthodox families, lots of kids, many of them coming from homeschool experiences, and they just want to continue that momentum that they've established. And then you have this other cohort that is flame. And, you know, and that makes for an interesting <laughs> blend, you know, because those, those two those two cohorts sometimes have to kind of, you know, get to know each other and all of that. Because, you know, some homeschool families, they're, they're nervous about the world, right? They want to keep the, their kids safe and all of that. And then there are other kids, families that are coming from, quote, unquote, the world. And so you got to kind of convince both. And, you know, and, and I think that it's actually a, a, an act of charity on the part, especially of homeschool. Of uber orthodox catholic families to share their kids with with kids that might not know the faith as well uh because i think one thing that we find overall is that you know my generation was not catechized very well and that's just a fact and i think that's part of the problem with what the church is going through now and so you know what ends up happening mark sometimes the kids end up helping re-evangelize and re-catechize their parents right so it's really kind of right. unique cool. but it's it's two i think it's really two cohorts in one is it's the it's the oh my gosh get me out of the public schools this is insanity you know and then the other side which is you know they already know what they're kind of buying uh
0: a question for people who want to start a school if you've got a group of parents uh, who do want to have a classical school in a parish, and they're Catholics, but as opposed to your bishop, maybe this bishop isn't really, you know, doesn't get it, isn't really on board with classical education, seems like just a novelty. What is your best persuasion?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, and that's a a good and hard question, right? Because actually, there are some things going on. You know, we're in the Allentown Diocese, but right across the border, like five miles away is the Philadelphia Diocese and they tend to, you know, it's not as it's a bigger organization. They, they've not opposed classical learning, but they're not embracing it either. Right. So um, so there are there are some parishes that ha- their their parishioners want it, but the particular pastor might not be so excited about it. So in that instance, You know, I think that, um, you know. You really have to be an informed consumer, right? And and so maybe you start with like a homeschool co-op, right? Where there's so many great resources, whether it's Seton or Colby or Mother of Divine Grace. There's lots of great curriculum out there, uh, uh, the Tan Network. So you can go out and get that stuff. Um, So that's one way of doing it. But then if you've got a pastor, that wants it, but maybe the bishop is not so you know excited about it. There's some things you can do. I mean, one of the struggles that a lot of these schools have is facility, you know, uh, because it's they don't grow on trees. Uh, in our instance, we're getting the building for free. So, hmm. but there are a lot of closed Catholic schools and dioceses. So approach approach a pastor that does, that has a, an empty building and you know maybe pay some modicum of rent your found money to them and then you know the the parishioners love having kids in the in the in the parish right they come to mass on a yeah. daily basis they can sing in the choir so you know uh and and that that might be another way of looking at it too is uh you know uh uh there are uh, parish groups you know uh the laity are involved and maybe Approach like uh, that. Man is you is a men's group. Uh, there's uh, walking with purpose. Uh, a woman, women's groups in Catholic church. So they they might be the organization, to kind of approach. Uh, so you have to be. You, you really have to be entrepreneurial. It's like running a small business, right? So you have to really be creative. Yeah. Uh, in the in the in the short term, but you know, like Pitts, um, Denver, Boston, Marquette, Lincoln, Nebraska. There are bishops now and and dioceses that are, are adopting this curriculum whole hog. And so the more the more the word gets out, I just think this is, you know what's what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Dioceses have to do something different. And I haven't seen much better than this alternative. So uh
0: how much should a Catholic classical school broadcast its all in, total Catholic orientation, loud and clear.
1: Yeah, Um, I think some people would suggest (laughs) that you are subtle about it, right? Because you don't want to scare people off. I disagree. I think that you can't beat something with nothing. I I was in the military. You know, think about how the Marines or the Army kind of sell themselves be all you can be, right? The few, the proud, right? You you gotta we've gotta sell this faith like it's a bold adventure. And it is a bold adventure. And uh instead of just being kind of Casper milk toast, you know, we don't want to offend. Look, we tried that for fifty, sixty years, right? <laughs>
0: and, there we go.
1: Uh, and I and I, you know, I mean look, I I understand the the um, you know, you gave it the old college try, but after a while, you gotta you gotta do something different. I think, and and now that doesn't mean that you're off-putting and arrogant and you know uh, all of that. We have to be very humble. Pride is the first sin. Uh, all I'm saying is that uh, we want to be joyfully Catholic and proud of it. And what's the matter with that? So.
0: You you know, Richard, I'm going to say that. I think a lot of secular, liberal parents will actually find the the strong Catholic identity attractive, even though they, I mean, you know, not for us, but, you know, I, I want my kids to grow up with some some solid faith of some kind. I mean, maybe they'll make up their own minds when they're 18. But sure. uh, I think that even if, I mean, what I sense is that a, a lot of secular liberal people understand that for kids, you know, maybe maybe the stripping away all faith is not a good thing.
1: Well, and how about the rigor? I mean, you know, there there's faith and then there's reason. I mean, if you are kind of a secular, uh, enlightenment uh, liberal... Uh, you can't like the watering down of learning, right? And so you're you're going to read the great thinkers. You're going to read the the Plato's and the Aristotle's and you're going to read some Shakespeare and, you know, and, and the Chesterton curriculum at the high school level, you're going to read Descartes. You're going to read Hobbes, Locke and Rousseau. You know what I mean? Now, I might have a different take on whether they've <laughs> advanced the, the good society or not. Uh, but the point is, uh, you're not going to get that at, 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 most, um, even, you know, prep school types, cause they're, they're just throwing out everything. Right. So there's a rigor argument as well. And, and I would, yeah. I would also say this, I think you're, and I think you're picking up on this is that there's a hunger out there for meaning, and, um, and the the worse it gets, I think more some maybe some parents are like what the heck, right? Maybe you know again right. let, let kids hear this hear hear this side of the story, you know. As long as we're not, you know, forcing it down <laughs> at the tip of a spear or something like that. What could be the harm? They could just say no. right? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? And they'll probably say yes. <laughs> they'll probably say yes. So. It's an attractive worldview. It really is. I mean, it's it's I think it's beautiful right in the middle between strident conservatism and strident progressivism, the notion of the human person, uh, Catholic charity. um, You know, there's a lot to recommend Catholic social teaching for both sides of the aisle.
0: Yeah. You know, in your political background, you you dealt with issues of money and, and donors Have conservative donors, maybe including some of the larger ones who poured millions of dollars into failed Republican campaigns, have they come to realize that at least some of them, (laughs) yeah, some of their money might be much better spent on conservative education institutions? Is that that sense growing, do you think?
1: You know, I I I hope so. (laughs) I don't want to be too self-serving. But, um, you know, we, 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 we live in the now and we have to, you know, we're in the world, but not of the world. And so we have to, you know, we, we need to not only pray for our elected officials, but, you know, uh, Bishop Archbishop Chaput was here in Philadelphia when, when the Regina schools were getting started. He wrote a great book about Catholic citizenship. You know, you can't like you have to engage. There's no question about that. But, you know. This whole debate about whether politics is downstream from culture and all of the rest. I'm not suggesting that we retreat from politics, but um, you have to. I mean, the reason why the right is not doing well politically is because the left understood that the commanding heights of education and media, that that's where you persuade people. And uh, and so if you want to counter persuade um, uh, and again, not in an electoral sense, but in kind of a, you know, politics being the science of human happiness. If we want happier citizens. You got to you gotta fund education and and do it well and have an idea of what the curriculum is and what your end state is and all the rest. So it really is going to take enlightened donors to say, hey, maybe, maybe I'll mix it up a little bit, right? Uh, how many times are they going to have their hearts broken by a politician who promises something and then doesn't deliver upon?
0: We've seen that happen. Uh, Richard, Richard, <laughs> quick uh, uh, to, to close things out. What is the website yeah. of your school so that people can look yeah, uh, ch- check it out?
1: Absolutely. Uh, SFCCA.school. For St. Francis Classical S-F- Catholic Academy. CCA. SFCCA.school. But just you, you can just Google St. Francis Classical and we'll pop up. And, uh, you know, we're looking for uh, support. We're looking for families to to uh, to come to our school. So if it, if you're in listening in southeastern Pennsylvania, we're open for business. And uh, and we'd love we'd love to, you know, we, we need to raise about 300 grand this uh, this year and uh, in order to make ends meet. And that's another thing I'm going to have faith in. But uh, I think we're going to be able to do it and get more students might have to raise a little less money. So.
0: <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Dr. Richard Brake, thank you for joining us. Thank you,
1: uh, Mark. Really appreciate the opportunity to tell you guys about our school.